With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Afternoons on SEN. Absolutely chuffed to be spending another hour with you. Uh, so thanks for being with us. If you uh, have been listening or you're just joining us, whichever category you fit into, wonderful to have your company on afternoon. Sam Hargraves filling in for Dwayne. Where we care open line is always that. one 736 Midday Madness still rolling. If you'd like to partake, uh, 0433981116 is the 40 Winks temper text line. Uh, by the way, don't miss, this is uh, your sporting journey or this is your journey on Sunday from 9am. Sam Edmund talks with one of the greatest ever golfers and one of the most iconic figures in sport, Jan Stevenson, who will be our special guest for the week. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Speaking of celebrating, um, on the 5th of December, I saw uh, an incredible tweet uh, by the NBL congratulating Larry Kesselman on 1,000 games since he took ownership uh, of the NBL. In the time that he's had the stewardship or the ownership of the NBL, it has just gone from strength to strength to strength. It has put itself firmly back front and square uh, in the sporting zeitgeist, if you will. Um, record crowds, um, record TV deals, uh, international deals done, bringing games between NBL teams and NBA teams and, and, and establishing the NBL um, as right in the conversation for the second best domestic league in the world. Um, to talk a little bit more about that, um, I've got the CEO, COO of the NBL, uh, former CEO um, of Melbourne United, Vince Crivelli. Very good man and very generous with his time. Has been good enough to jump on. Vince, hello again. Hello, mate, and thanks for having me. What a great introduction. Uh, look, uh, the pleasure's all mine. A thousand games since Larry Kesselman took over the NBL. For a little bit of memory lane and just to... Um, remind people of where the game was at before he did. Could you just enlighten us? Yeah, well, we were certainly challenged, weren't we? I think the competition back then was down to maybe seven, um, seven or eight teams in in the competition, um, flailing crowds. And you know, as you alluded to, I was in the chair at Melbourne United, and my first year on the job was with the Melbourne Tigers prior to Larry owning the league, and mm. we were struggling to get eighteen hundred people to come to the state netball and. Uh, the State uh, Netball and Hockey Centre at the time um, to watch um, what was an amazing team um, of athletes play in what was still a competitive competition. Um, so to turn that around in, you know, the space of a thousand games, knowing, you know, we play somewhere between 130 and 150 a year, um, it's not a long time to, ch- to, to change that consumer sentiment. Mm. But, you know, the whole environment's changed. We're now at a 10-team competition um, we've now, you know, we've, we, you know, pre, we're back to pre-COVID level crowds um, all through the competition. Our ratings year on year continue to grow um, across all of our channels and platforms and um, internationally the level of competition that's, you know, being played is um, on par with the best in the world. So, yeah, it's been quite a whirlwind um, and, you know, it's only a thousand games. So I'm looking forward to the next thousand. Absolutely. So now the league is is ten teams. We've seen teams re-established. We've seen we've seen new teams brought in. 
Um, of all that is Larry, what do you think has been, what's the number one trait about him that's meant that the NBL has been able to go to where it is now and he's been able to do the things that he's done with the NBL? What is it about him, first and foremost to you, that makes that happen? Well, you know, I first have to say it's not luck. Um, it's nah. absolute. Um, it's absolute passion, hard work, and diligence um, that Larry leads. And you know, um, you know, there's a there's a huge team of people that support his vision, mm. both here at the headquarters, but also out in Clubland, um, who are also following his lead and and assisting in the growth of the game. But to him specifically, you know, he's he's incredibly smart, incredibly generous, um, hardworking. I mean, people would be amazed to know how much time he um, genuinely spends um, offering his steward, stewardship to what is um, the NBL today. Um, so he's a hands-on, um, passionate, smart leader that just is relentless in his pursuit to take this to um, to where we're headed. Vince, oh, we're speaking of Vince Crivelli, CEO of, the MB, COO of the NBL. One of the things that I reckon it is about Larry is that he's a visionary and he's innovative and he's not afraid to make big calls to try and advance the game and, and trying to advance the awareness of the game, trying to advance uh, the, the financial position of the game. So whether it be, oh, no one else, hey, no one's doing Christmas Day, we'll do Christmas Day. Um, AFL uh, humming and hurrying about a team in Tasmania, we'll put a team in Tasmania. So the ideas are big, but the execution is fast, it's swift, it's well executed, and it's brave. Um, would that be fair? Yeah, that's fair. And in, in some of those instances that you raised, it's it's the vision and the, the um, courage to go where others just won't. So yep. in, in the instances of Tasmania, um, um, bringing a licence and a national sporting team of significance to Tasmania for the Tasmanian people to own, uh, that was done before these conversations with AFL were really um, gathering momentum. Um, Christmas Day, I mean, that was something that we did where there was no conversation. So it's not... It, it, it is his ability. It is his. Um, it is the vision that he has, and it is um, the bravery that he has. But it's also it is innovation because we are, in most instances, first to the party, and then others are following. And, and is the reason for that? And I'm getting to a much larger point here. But is the reason for that is because when you're um, the owner, or and when you're in charge of a sport that doesn't have the the prime time attention of the AFL, of cricket, and of rugby league, is it the fact that you do have to try things? You do have to be creative. You do have to take risks. You do have to find something about what you do that that, that is a niche and claim uh, a bit of territory and claim some space. Yeah, I think I think um, you know we're a, we're a challenger brand um, in the in the sporting landscape, and we mm. um, you know we we keep challenging the status quo, and we keep building a loyal fan base, and we keep growing. Um, what our uh, what our network is, and so there is a mentality to it. Um, we don't um, we're not comfortable with um, being second best at anything. It's it's just not how we think. It's not mm. what we believe is right for this sport. When you consider how strong the participation is um, across the country, male and female, when you consider how dominant our international teams are, male and female across every um, every discipline within the sport. You know we. You know, we, we're um, rightfully so celebrating the amazing achievements of the Socceroos, but um, but it's a, it's a regular international occurrence for us where our male and female teams at the equivalent levels of competition in our sport mm. are meddling. 
And and so for us, um, I think we're just <laughs> doing justice to all of the amazing athletes, participants, fans, and um, players that make up make up our game by by you know making sure that the platform here in Australia is big enough for them to showcase their wares, and and we're proud of that. Vince, along the way, and you you've got your finger on the pulse of, of the the basketball um, diehards, those who are died in the wool have been there for the the good, the bad, and everything in between. When big decisions are made, have they always been? popular and do you think they've got to a point now where where these innovations come in and new things are being tried where they just go we trust you we we we, we, we were doubtful at the start we weren't quite sure <laughs> but we're on board yeah look i think you know there's a there's a it's 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 not a reckless approach no um therefore um when announcements are made appropriate consultations have been um you know have taken place um and when we are making those announcements, we, we do so with the support of all of our stakeholders at any given time. So I, I think I think that um, whilst they may start um, in the vacuum of, um, say, the MBLHQ or, or in most cases even um, with Larry himself, uh, they certainly get tested and go through the rigour before they are announced. And, and, you know, in answer to your question, when they get to that stage, we, we generally got the support and encouragement um, of everybody that matters to, to follow through with them. Um, what's the next big frontier, do you think, then, for the, for the NBL, Vince? Well, I think we're still, um, we're still on a growth um, path. We're still on a growth phase. We're, we're still working really hard to um, connect closer than ever before with our fan base. Um, we still have aspiration to grow the competition from its current form of 10 teams to, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, or whatever that could be. Um, you know, I note that Larry came out not too long ago and made reference to bringing back an all-star game and also talking about um, what it would be like if we had a team from the NBL represent um, the NBL in the yeah. NBA Summer League. So, you know, I, I still think we're only, we, we've only just begun. Um, let me put it to you that way. We, we've really only just begun. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll continue to challenge, um, you know, the market here in Australia and in the immediate um, surrounds, noting that we have interest. We have obviously have a team in New Zealand. We have interest coming out of Asia and we have a, a man of interest out of Europe and, and America. The Singapore also. Sling is um, coming back. The Slingers, mate. <laughs> well, there's a blast from the past. <laughs> um, Vince, I've noticed Larry too has uh, before he has spoken about that. You know, even and you know, pondered on the fact that maybe the unification of NBL and WNBL and what that might look like. Which I just think personally, I don't know the politics at all. I think personally would be brilliant um, for the game um, to have you know, the, the, the NBL and the WNBL in alignment, in lockstep to make those clubs stronger, to make the fan bases bigger, to bring basketball together uh, in this country would be an incredible thing. Do you think that's something that could happen down the track? Well, you know, I think um, we, we work really hard with um, all stakeholders of the game here in Australia to mm. grow the game in general. Um, when it comes to the WNBL, that's a, that's a property um, under management of Basketball Australia yeah, and yeah. Um, and you know um, they are they are doing a, um, the best job that they can with that with that product, and I, I, I suspect that um, there is positive dialogue that is happening with uh, Jeremy and and uh, and Matt over at Basketball Australia, and where we can partner together and we can work together to grow the profile of the WNBL. We we certainly are open to um, open to those conversations, but as it stands right now, we we are in our we, you know we've got a lane and. And we're certainly doing the very best we can to 
um, push that as far as we can. Uh, Vince, what are your impressions of the season been? Um, phenomenal that the New Zealand and Cairns sides right down near the bottom, if not the bottom last year, um, uh, are in position second and third at the moment uh, behind the Sydney Kings. Uh, Tassie again defying everybody's expectations and beliefs and they're right in the thick of it inside the top six. And, um, you know, Perth really having to fight and United spending a bit of time uh, outside that uh, playing tournament line. Um, it's been a, I mean, it's, it's been a fascinating season the way it's unfolded and, and I suppose the changing of ladder positions from season to season. It's exciting for me. Yeah. Um, now that I take off my hat <laughs> as the Melbourne United CEO <laughs> and I, I look at the competition more holistically, um, you know, it, it is exciting to know that you can have a competition that's going to throw up um, the, the closeness and the competitiveness that we're seeing this year whereby teams in small markets like Cairns and and even New Zealand, relatively speaking, what a story. You know, they, they yeah. were away um, from home for the last two years. Yep. They were anchoring the, you know, the bottom of the bottom of the table um, with not a lot of hope. And they've gone back under a new coach um, with renewed vigour. And they are unbelievable to watch. Um, if you love the game of basketball, you really appreciate the nuance with which they play. Um, same is true of Cairns Taipans. Um, a great story, really small town, small yeah. market, small team. And they're taking it right to the Sydney Kings, the Perth Wildcats, the Melbourne United. So yep. I love that our competition um, has the ability to provide that that um, evenness. And I think um, it, it's, it's fair for me to say that it's always been there. I think for every year that I can remember of the NBL, it always seems to come down to one of the last couple of rounds before you're determining who might make it into the playoffs. And this year, it's no different again. The only difference is the teams that are kind of um, fighting for those last couple of opportunities are teams that most people are just expecting to be there at the end of the year. And it's not the case this year. Uh, Vince, good luck with the the rest of the season. Good luck with all the visions that are there on the vision board uh, still uh, yet to be realised, but certainly sounds like you're in the pipeline. Um, and uh, it's just phenomenal where this competition's got to. Thanks for spending some time with us just going through what 1,000, now it's more than 1,000 games under the ownership of Larry Kesselman was looking like, uh, has looked like, and now does look like. Really appreciate your time. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All the best. Uh, he's a very good man, is Vince Crivelli, formerly Melbourne United, now the COO at uh, the MBL. Uh, 1-300-736-736. By the way, MBL games coming up uh, last night. Cairns Taipans uh, holding out a fast-starting Brisbane Bullets at the Snake Pit. Tonight at John Kane Arena, Melbourne United, South East Melbourne, Phoenix, the throwdown. Uh, you don't want to miss that. Um, and then tomorrow, Illawarra and Sydney. Uh, Tassie and Cairns on Saturday, Adelaide 36ers. And the Bullets on Saturday as well. And then South East Melbourne, Phoenix, Sydney on Sunday. And then late Sunday, 4pm in the afternoon, Melbourne United, Illawarra Hawks. Uh, 36ers, Tassie on the Monday. And then Tuesday, the round closes out with Cairns and the Perth Wildcats. You can catch it all uh, on KO. Um, catch it all on ESPN uh, and on 10, some of the games as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Just before we go to the break, Ray in Ashwood. G'day, Ray. Yeah, g'day, um... Hello, I've been involved in basketball in Australia probably for about probably 45 years. Yeah. Seen the NBL come up in 1979, and it was all a team orientated thing. From uh, two teams from Adelaide, a couple from Melbourne, about four from Melbourne, 
And to see it progress the way it has, the players we're produced in the NBA and and NBL, and you know, it's taken many different forms. And uh, it's just Larry Kesselman and his and his uh, team have just done an absolutely magnificent yeah. job to put us back on the map. I think internationally as, as well. Um, you know, look at the size of Australia, and we're, we're ranked, I think, probably in the top five in the world, top six in the world in the men. And now under-17 girls won the world championship a couple of years back. Uh, well, the Opals we're, we're regularly medal. Uh, they medaled at the last World Cup, a bronze. You're 100% right, Ray. Exactly. I mean, you know, our junior programs, I'm a junior coach, and our junior programs are just, we're knocking kids back. We had 160 kids, for instance, trial um, for our under-14s. We only have, wow. we only take 100. You know, and this is we're just one club. All these clubs are doing it. So kids are just coming out of the woodwork to, to play. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's cheap to play. You know, it doesn't cost much to play. Um, you know, you can play on the weekends. There's downtime. You can, you know, it, the game's done in an hour. And, um, you know, and great relationships you make with people and coaches and friends, you know. Ray, thank you so much. Um, is he, Ray, just line fell off, did he? Is he still there? He's still there, Ray. Thank you so much for an incredible call and, and your insight and, and, and well done to you for everything that you've contributed to the game as well. Uh, 45 years involved and still uh, helping out at the junior level. Uh, mate, it's awesome. Well done. Oh, thanks. Look, I do it because I love it and um, yeah. it's, you know, I, I'd do it for another 45 if I was able to, but uh, yeah. But look, I'm not, I'm just one of Many thousands uh, of people that sort of put their time and the effort in. Well, it doesn't, and, uh, it doesn't, the doesn't run. Here, it right? doesn't run without you, Ray. It doesn't run without the people like you at the at the coal face at grassroots level. The lifeblood of it. Um, well done, mate. Thank you very much. But uh, I'm not the only one. Believe me. But uh, you know, I appreciate it. And everyone, get on board. Uh, go to the NBL. I'm a Melbourne Phoenix member. And um, go Phoenix. Oh, beautifully done, uh, Ray. Have we got a have we got a prize that I can give to Ray? I'm going to take one from tomorrow. Uh, Brick Lane Brewing voucher for Ray. Um, we won't have one tomorrow. We'll have one for Ray today. Ray, stay on air um, and enjoy that. The one innovation that I didn't even speak about, which is one of the smartest, is the Next Stars. The Next Stars program where we've had kids from all around the world coming and playing NBL, foregoing maybe college basketball, using the NBL as their next step into and their build-up to um, nominating for the NBA draft. Just think about every time one of those kids who does get drafted gets spoken about on the broadcast, they speak about the fact that they came through the NBL. It is one of the greatest bits of free advertising that you could hope for and the pathway and connection now between Australia and the NBA is absolutely phenomenal. And then you hope that cyclically, so they're here for one or two years and you never know how the career pans out. They might come back here. Um, it's all about strengthening the league and, and making the league more prominent around the world. It is one of the greatest and smartest pieces of business that Larry Kesselman's done uh, over a period of time where he's done a lot of them. Uh, this is Afternoons on SEN.